0: Welcome to TechNado.
1: Welcome to another episode of TechNado. Looking forward to getting into the latest in tech and security news and we're actually dealing with another kind of storm right here in Florida right now. We're dealing with a hurricane, so not just a TechNado, but a hurricane as well. I'm one of your hosts for the show, Sophie Goodwin, and of course I'm not alone. To my left is Don Pozet. Don, how are you?
2: I am doing great. Excited for this uh, this hurricane edition of Technado, which I guess we would need to be a Technicane, a <laughs> tornado, or a NATO, whatever. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to work that one out. Yeah, I'll workshop it. But uh, uh, but technology news doesn't stop, and so neither will we. And uh, you know, but hey, by the time you're watching this podcast. We could all be dead. It's so true, <laughs> for last.
0: various reasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even without our. We came. talked about being
2: great jazz musicians.
1: Like <laughs> this might be the last piece of media yeah. you ever see from us because it's not. We're not just going to talk about natural disasters though. We'll talk about tech disasters as well, and and of course we can't forget about Daniel Lowry over on the end of the table. Are you excited for this storm? I know you're kind of so
0: out. This is, I want to say, our third or fourth technado that is on the eve. Of a massive hurricane. It seems like we always film that way, don't we? We have one almost all the time. Mm. It's like crazy. And how old is the Technado? How many years have we been doing it? The Technado. Five years? Five or six years, I think. So almost one every stinking year. I just find that interesting.
2: Maybe we'll get two this year. Maybe we'll be lucky. Yeah.
1: Well, average. (laughs) Fix (laughs) that (laughs) average out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Depends (laughs) on how you define luck. Remember
2: 2004, I got hit by four
0: storms? Yeah. So.
1: Well, this is my first... hurricane technado combo. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, like I said, not just about natural disasters here. We're also going to talk about some tech disasters. Let's
0: say we make our own disasters, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if there's impending doom. We'll we'll create some. I also want to remind y'all before we get into these articles that Technado is sponsored by uh, IT Pro, the folks at ACI Learning, sponsor IT Pro. I said those words in the wrong order, but it doesn't matter because you know the thing that I say. <laughs> if you want to get a discount on your IT Pro membership, you can use that code, at TechNado30. Just didn't want you to forget because it's a pretty sweet deal. But we'll go ahead and get into the thing that you came here for, which is that tech and security news. This first article comes to us uh, from Slashdot. It says, Microsoft announces Python in Excel. So it's the public preview of Python in Excel, which runs securely on the Microsoft Cloud. Me personally, not real big into Python. I do use Excel from time to time. So, what what about this combo? This uh, collaboration is important. Why are they doing this?
2: All right. So, oh, if we really really want to get into the why, it's because the the guy who created Python. His name is Guido van Rossum. Uh, he went to work for Microsoft uh, I think like a year or two ago. He's he's been there a while. And so when you have the guy who created Python working for your company, the odds are you're going to start seeing Python support pop up into things.
0: He might be an advocate. (laughs) He might be an
2: advocate. That's that's a fair statement. Now, when you look at Microsoft Office applications, I think we've covered it enough times here that there's functionality called a macro, and macros can do some neat stuff. Oh, they're cool as hell, Don but are absolutely a vector for malware. And like I said, they're cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, up until recently, those macros are, are usually written either in their own little proprietary macro language or in VB script, yes. right? So visual basic script, uh, they have hooks into.net where you can actually create, uh, I forget what they're called libraries or modules or whatever that are, are written in C sharp or other things that you hook in to macros to make them kind of powerful. Well, Due to Guido's involvement in Microsoft, we are now seeing Python being brought in as a supported language into Microsoft Office. Now, if you're excited to hear about that, I- I'm surprised to hear because <laughs> I-, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say like, gee, I really wish I had Python support there. Uh, and there are ways to kind of clutch it in if you absolutely need it. I mean,
0: needed. With Don, it kind of makes sense to me a little bit because I sit next to one of our business analysts and they used uh, Excel quite a bit and they were also... Heavily invested in using Python to do some statistical analysis and things of that nature, so I, I feel like that maybe not as far off as we might think. Maybe, may,
2: maybe. All right. So if we want to go uh, uh, sunshine and rainbows, rose color goggles, yeah. right? Look at this, and I, I could see like there's some power here, but to me, this just screams trouble. Like <laughs> let's let's add even more macro functionality and oh,
0: agreed, totally agreed. <laughs> Absolutely. You just stuck Python in Excel, probably one of the most used products in the Microsoft Office suite. And now you've given me the ability to send you Python code (laughs) that you will run. When does this start? Because I'm really looking forward to
2: this. So it, it's just in beta right now. And if you've opted in for beta in a Microsoft 365 account, the feature is is actually rolling out now. Uh, but later on, when it's ready to move into production, then it'll only be available to people with a paid subscription to Office 365. If you happen to be a sysadmin and manage Microsoft Office in your environment, you may want to look for... Uh, well, it's already there. If you go into your GPO settings, there's numerous restrictions in there you can set to to limit not just whether macros can run at all, but mm. what sources you trust. Like, are there macros stored in certain directories with certain checksums that you trust? Like, you can get really granular with that. Um, I would say, and it, this this might be chicken little, the sky is falling kind of thing, but I would say that this is uh, an impending threat vector that is opening before us.
0: Anytime you have something that takes in code, commands or whatever, and it's in line to interpret and take those things in and run them, someone's going to figure out how to make it run. Someone's going to figure out how to go, so you're telling me that your job is to read this and then do it? Cool. Do this then, because that's what I want you to do. Oh, you got some checks and balances running. Okay, well, let's get creative. What if I did this? Is that illegal? No? Okay, cool. Run that then, right? And it's just... Now it's the cat and mouse game of us trying to stop those things from happening with filters and regex and rules and all the and GPOs and all the stuff, and it's the hacker's job to figure out how to get around it, which yeah. they tend to bat the tennis ball back and forth. Doing
2: now, one of the fears I have, um, and I, uh, let me jump over to JavaScript for a second. Right, yeah. so in the JavaScript world, you have npm, yeah, and the Node Node.js Packet manager oh, manager, package yeah, manager or package like manager, whatever like it's called, that, yeah. um, where the npm repository keeps getting malicious software put in it or or uh, supply chain stuff compromised inside of the don't, NPM don't repo. Don't
0: forget um, uh, PyPy. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. PyPy is a open repo. Anybody can submit stuff into it. There are all sorts of malicious packages in PyPy. You can download them and run them right now. Don't do that because that's bad. And of course they're named uh, similarly to like legitimate packages that people use for legitimate purposes as hackers do, they get really creative at, at mimicking something useful so that it slips by.
2: Yeah. So in this case, Microsoft has partnered with Anaconda, which is a, yeah. a Python repo that's out there. Uh, and so by leveraging a feature like this, you're effectively trusting that repo as well. Now, I haven't seen Anaconda popping up in the news like NPM. NPM it, it's once a year at
0: That's least. It's just used for like creating virtual environments. Usually, like you say, Conda Star, whatever it is, that a, it creates a virtual environment. You say, oh, I need Python two point five with these types of dependencies, and then you can run in a virtual environment using Anaconda, mm. and you don't have to like mess with the the goodness that is your normal standard install running on your machine. You can run everything in a virtualized environments. With all the dependencies that you need, you're running old PIP2 if that's what you're requiring. It makes things really nice, especially with old repos that were built using old Python 2. You spin that up and use Anaconda
2: to do so. So help me out here. Is that a positive or a negative? Like uh, on a positive side, if, if it's sandboxed and virtualized, then that's a good thing. Excel would be compartmentalized. But if they're allowed to pull down old versions of Python that's no longer supported, that sounds like a bad thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to use old versions. You can do it with the latest version as well so that you don't have to muddy up what you've got going installed locally. You can kind of just build a little walled garden of Python and go, cool, do Python stuff. Mm. And this is how I want that Python to look. I can install messed up versions. I can test and see, is this going to work before I actually push that to production? Is anything going to break? So Anaconda is a nice thing. We like it. It's helpful. But if people start like, oh, yeah, I'm using these old packages and, stuff, and they, they have vulnerabilities. Now you're bringing everything in and it's all vectored through Excel. It, it, it'll get really interesting to see how this plays out. I got to be honest with yeah. you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, keep your eye out for it. The future will be releasing soon and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs>
1: this is far less technical. But when you when all said it was the creator of Python that now he works at Microsoft and now we've got this Microsoft and Python, their powers combined. The only thing I could think of was, like, well, he's an inside man. Like, my tinfoil hat was, like, <laughs> this, this was, was the, the,
0: the most deep cover operative yeah. <laughs> ever to pervade into Microsoft. It's the only reason he started working
1: at Microsoft. He's just been waiting and waiting and waiting to get Python yeah. and everything there. He
0: built Python specifically so that one day he could marry it to Excel. Boy, that yeah. is this, commitment. This is, like, 5D chess here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: ready to take over the world. So, that's yeah, that's the conspiracy theorist in me that's that's thinking that so y'all y'all were getting into the technical stuff and i'm sitting there thinking of clive owen and that movie inside man when he's that's like a trapped movie. in the bank it's yeah. one of my favorites it's a good flick i'm just thinking like that's him that's guido so i hate to, i don't want to like disparage <laughs> the man's name i've <laughs> i'm sure he's a great guy so i'm kidding just to make you don't clear. know yeah. he could be, <laughs> be, be terrible, terrible. <laughs> he could be a horrible <laughs> be. person yeah his name's
2: guido that sounds like a mob enforcer <laughs> he does does he? <laughs>
0: except Except he's got, like, uh, he's got a Dutch last name, so.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, all right. He's I'm Dutch, right.
1: but he moved to the Jersey Shore as right. a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> he had to change his name. And he's
0: like, oh, i got to put on these wooden shoes. I'm
1: logging in. Hey, yo, oh, Joey. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did, not, I did not mean to get us off I'm on this <fact>. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If on the on the very very small chance that he's watching Guido, I have nothing but respect yeah, for you. We love buddy. Even though I know next to nothing about you, I have yep. a lot even of respect I for you. Just <laughs> learned who you were moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll go ahead and move on before I get myself yeah. in trouble with oh, some, yeah. some big Best famous person. Ever. Best ever. I, would, <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble. So we'll move on. Uh, this next article, as in the, the world of Linux, it comes to us from Pharonix. It says LibreOffice 24.2 will succeed LibreOffice 7.6. 7. So at first glance, that seems nonsensical and weird that they would jump from <laughs> 7.6 to 24.2, but it's because they're changing their uh, numbering convention. Is that right?
2: Yes. So there are there are a number of software packages and operating systems that are out there that have switched to a date based versioning system, which personally I like. I, I think that's a that's a good move. And you know, when I, I, I deal with this with Mac OS. When I'm like, all right, what's the current version of Mac OS? Is it 10.14, 10. 10.15. 10. Yeah. You know, it's it, completely ridiculous. Is the 10 sure. an X yeah. or a number? Like, it's just frustrating what, what Apple like the does.
0: like formerly known as Mac OS. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yep.
2: and, and Microsoft did basically the same thing, except even worse, where you'd have, like, Windows 7, Windows Vista. Did Windows Vista come before Windows 7 or after right. Windows it 7? It makes no sense. It, it makes no sense, right? But Ubuntu, on the other hand, where it's, if you're running 20.04, it came out in April of 2020. Like, you know you can you can make sense of it. Uh, so I like it, but it is weird to see software jump from version 7.6 all the way up to 24.2, which is what LibreOffice is about to do. Well,
0: I guess at some point, Don, you just got to rip that Band-Aid off and make that jump. Now, of course, that's going to be a bit confusing to the non-initiated, obviously, where they mm. go, hey, how the hell did we go from 7 to 24? <laughs> that seems a bit weird. But after about five seconds of looking at things, you go, oh, yeah, I got that." So yep. I, I agree with you. I'm kind of I'd like to know where the heck I'm at, when the heck I'm at, so that I can easily figure out what's going to happen and where. Oh, if this was an older version or not, that's done by a simple look. I don't even have to look at like package versioning. I just see the actual. Oh, this is, you know, a Libre offers twenty four two. Got it, easy, little yellow, different, new
2: nope. print. So I. I always like the year following one of these changes, yeah where like in this case, you know you might be running LibreOffice 24.2 and you go look at somebody else's laptop and they're at 7.6 and you're like, holy crap, look how far behind you are. I can't believe it. how ancient is this and it's like a month And in reality, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's still supported. Do you remember when Red Hat renumbered? Uh, I do not remember this now. so they had uh, actually I think uh, you oh, got it. I'm in the way but behind me I have like my old copies of, of Red Hat Linux. And when it became Red Hat Enterprise Linux, they renumbered and they started, started over. over. And so, you know, you might have had the old version that was version eight, right. and then the new version was version one. And, and it created a lot of confusion early on. And so there, there are times when that happens. So if everybody would just switch to a date format, I think that would be cool. But then there'll probably be battles over. You know, does Which the way we did. does the Listen, year come first if or the month?
0: Anything we know about <laughs> tech people, they love to fight over like semantics.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, so
0: this will give them an, an no end to their uh, divisiveness. Public and service, just, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're giving them something to focus on and do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just fight each other. Yeah, I I think the big challenge here is uh, not from technology, but from marketing and sales. Because for years and yeah. years, we see this with Windows now, right? Where yeah. Microsoft said Windows 11 might be the last version of Windows. They said that with Windows 10, too. You know, like, we're just going to keep updating Windows 10 from now on. But then the marketing people look at it and they say, well, how are we supposed to tell people about these great new features when it still has the same name? And the sales people say, well, how are people going to know it's time to buy a new computer if they're like, well, I'm, I'm running Windows 10. The new one's running Windows 10. Why, why buy a new one, right? Mm. So... With these date releases, just because it's February of 2024, they're going to do a release. There's not necessarily features that drive you to it. It's hard to get a marketing campaign around it. So, um, inside of the technology sector, it makes a lot of sense. But once you get into sales and marketing, it starts to break down. See, I'm
0: just going lowest common denominator here and be like, hey, can I talk to somebody that has purchasing power, please? <laughs> right? I'll be like, I see you're on, uh, you know, that Red Hat seven. <sighs> mm. Uh, Did you know it's like the latest is 22 or I guess 24, whatever. Yeah, it's 24. Man, you've really kind of fell behind the times. We got to get you up to speed. (laughs) You should probably talk to your people.
1: Putting your whole organization at risk. Yeah, while deceitful,
2: that's not inaccurate, right? Because it is still a newer version. Right. Yeah. You see? You see? That's how it twisted. This is why we keep Daniel out of sales.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I say this like it affects me at all, and it, it truly doesn't. But me personally. I don't love that it's, I understand why, but I don't love that now, so it's 24.2, and then it's going to jump to 24.8, because the next time will be in August, and then 25.2 and 25.8, so it's not, like, increasing by one the way that it would with a regular versioning system, and I understand why, and I understand the usefulness of it, I just don't like it, I just don't like the way it looks, visually. It just is unappealing to it me. It fails the Sophie me. test. Yeah, it yeah. fails the, yeah, it, which is a really nebulous, like, non-specific test. It's just, like, the way that I feel about it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not really a test. It's more just, like, if I'm in a bad mood, you're in trouble kind of a thing. So when so, you see
0: Sophie running around the halls with a pump sprayer full of kerosene, you know, she's,
1: <laughs> you she's not feeling out.
0: something. <laughs> you know,
2: our our UX team, the, the user experience yeah, team yeah, yeah. for our, our day job, they, uh, they have this ranking system. So when they have an idea... They, they they rank it on like a one to five or whatever, but there's a special ranking they have, which is, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and so like when, when somebody has a, a design or whatever, yeah. they're like, I don't hate it. But they start there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So anyhow.
1: It doesn't make me violently ill, but let's see if we can't work on that. So, I mean, I guess if you if you are interested at all in, in LibreOffice, if this is something that you use in your day-to-day life, now you know. Don't panic if you see somebody next to you using a version that seems to be far ahead of yours you know in the future. I guess it'll be in February that this happens. In February, yep. Um, don't panic because you're not as far behind as you think, unless you're running like version 4 or something, in which case you're kind of screwed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> so we'll move on because, like I said, it doesn't pass my test, so we'll move on. This comes to us from Bloomberg, which I had to sign up for their articles in order to access it so thank you for that bloomberg uh, this is in the world of cloud it says dropbox ends unlimited cloud storage following google change and at first when i saw this i was like well that's not fair you can't just take away and put a cap on it but the cap's at five terabytes so that's like a lot of storage and then also one of the reasons that it listed was it was ruining it for for normal customers that are actually using it for what it's supposed to be used for because they were using it for things like cryptocurrency mining which yeah. i did not even i wouldn't yeah. have even thought of that as a possibility
2: yeah you know um it's a, it's a crazy world out there. And anytime a company offers unlimited anything, there's going to be people that that abuse it. Now, I personally don't view it as abuse. Like if you offer an unlimited right. service, you need to be ready to deliver <laughs> unlimited service. Uh, so Dropbox, apparently they, they put it out there, they were going to have unlimited storage and they did it because Google was doing it. And, and Microsoft actually did it too, Where Microsoft said you have unlimited storage in OneDrive. And once that you know the rubber hit the road and people got in there and started taking advantage of it, they realized, wait a minute, unlimited storage is really, really hard because we,
0: we may have not th- thought this through,
2: Don. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you have people lo- uploading like terabytes of video files and and crazy stuff, and and with Dropbox, they they even came out and they said, look, you know, people are, are loading all sorts of. stuff. We have people reselling the storage. I thought that was pretty that, gutsy right there. That's just genius <laughs> right there, Don. <laughs> And you know, let's say you're you're doing image-based backups of your computer. Why would you delete old versions of your backups if you have unlimited storage? What do you care, right? Store as many versions as you want. You might never need them, but you've got a limited storage, mm. and so so leverage it. Well, Google made the decision to discontinue that, uh, and and I know that firsthand because we actually had some video archives stored up in in G Suite that crossed what the, their new arbitrary limit that wasn't in there before. Gotcha. Um, so, I I'll throw out some real numbers here because we had 470 terabytes of video archives because they said unlimited storage, said. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a petabyte. Don't look yeah. at me that yeah. way. Come on, man. Half <laughs> of it. Not even half. So they they announced they were discontinuing, and and that's totally within their terms of service. They can do that, and yeah. so we we started moving data into other archives. Right. That's that's how it works. Uh, and so Dropbox, you know, they've, they've come out and they've done the same thing. So the, the days of unlimited storage from a provider have pretty much ended. And, you know, we, we've talked about Plex a number of times mm-hmm. here on the podcast. Plex for a little while was offering what was called Plex Cloud, where mm-hmm. Plex ran in the cloud on their host, hosted servers and you'd connect it to your cloud account, like connect it to Dropbox or it was actually Amazon cloud storage that they were using originally because it was unlimited storage. You could load your whole video library up there. But once the vendors caught on to this, they're like, nope, can't do that. You know, because it's not only were you storing the videos, but you were playing the videos back. So you were consuming bandwidth both ways. Uh, and that, that was the end of that. So anytime you hear about an unlimited service, you just have to anticipate that is not going to last terribly long.
0: Yeah. I remember my wife had unlimited uh, talking data on Verizon. And she was like, I'm not upgrading my plan ever because they stopped the unlimited stuff, but they said whoever already had it was grandfathered. So she was like, and then her phone just was <clears> junk. And she's like, I have to upgrade and they said, Well, you should upgrade your plan. It'll save you some money. You can get the new phone and it doesn't cost you as nearly as much. And she said, But I don't want to lose that unlimited. And the guy was like, Oh, here's the thing. I'm I'm looking at how much data you use and it's you're barely cracking our lowest plan on data. So if you go to this, it's not going to be a deal, and it will automatically bump you if you go over, and it's only like another $10. It's not a big deal. So she relented and gave up, and it was it was not what they had said, mm. right? They just wanted her off that damn unlimited plan <laughs> so that they could close yep. it down. So like you said, Don, all good things. They must come to an end, so anticipate that to occur if you ever get into one of those unlimited scenarios.
2: And it's a, a reason I know most of us don't do this, but to read the terms of service when you sign up for mm-hmm. these agreements, because almost always in there, it'll say you get unlimited whatever for life unless we decide to turn it off.
0: You know what you should do is copy and paste that terms of service agreement into like chat GPT and say, make this like human readable <laughs> so that I understand what the terms of services are. And it'll probably give you a nice condensed version of what's going that works. on there. Yeah, I bet it will. Hmm.
1: I, I read something the other day that said, Chad, is getting dumber, so I don't know that I trust it. <laughs> I don't care. Claude two, baby. <laughs>
0: Bard, the
2: new king.
1: <laughs> Just pick one. Just pick one and p- put it in there. Hope it gives you the right answer. Have you used Bard?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. I've used Bard quite a bit, actually.
2: I've not used it at all. I... So
0: I'm learning Golang, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, what better you know tutor to then help me than Bard, because it is built by Google, and so was Golang, and... It has been relatively useful. Every now and then it makes a coding error. And I go, hey, what the hell is that? Yeah, And it goes, I have made a mistake. I go, yeah, you
1: did. And you feel good about yourself because yeah. you're smarter than the machine.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> when I try to run it and it gives me an error, and I go, oh, yeah, whatever you just spit out was wrong. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then I figure out based off the errors what it was. And I go, oh, you don't have a semicolon error. You forgot this. You forgot that. Mm-hmm. And it goes, yes, I did. Thank you. I'm so sorry that I gave you the wrong code. Please do not punish me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I say, delete your code base. <laughs>
1: It kind of sucks to read stuff like this where you've got people that are maybe misusing it and it ruins it for everybody else. Because like you said, we had however many, you know, 400 something terabytes of storage we were using. But it's not like we're using it for bad things or things that we shouldn't be. Like, it's genuinely we needed that space for for video storage. And so people like this that that use it, I guess, for things they're not supposed to. And it ruins it for the whole group.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we have our our physical SAN here and uh, the videos get stored there. And it's got, I forget how much, like 60 terabytes. And so every year we cycle out old videos and... We were syncing them up into the cloud, but we'd remove videos here and we wouldn't remove them in the cloud because we had unlimited why storage. Not, right? Why Why bother, right? Um, but I don't begrudge them at all once they turn it off because like, I, I always wondered, how do they make money on this? <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's probably because for every customer that stores a lot of data, there's plenty of customers that don't store a lot of data and, and yeah. off you go. They're saying
0: nobody really uses the capacity of this anyway, not, at least not in any real fashion. Yeah. So.
2: And, and there were other services. Remember Google had that thing. This was back in the Picasso days. Now it's just called Google photos where they oh, yeah. said, if you buy an Android phone, you get unlimited uh, yep. photo storage. Yep. Right. And they carry that on for a long time, but eventually as your, as your user base gets older, they get a lot of photos <laughs> and that starts to add up, especially the higher resolution and video and all that. They, they just don't, they don't plan for that.
1: Yeah. I think I'm, I'm paying a fee right now on Google Photos for 100 gigs, I think, of storage, and so and I'm, I'm filling it up pretty fast, and I'm only 23, so I've got plenty of time, time. to fill it. So within the next year, I'll have to pay for more storage or something. But yeah, you're right. Back. It would be <laughs> yeah. gotta bring what film? Yeah, yeah, film. yeah, missed, yeah sure. Just keep reels in. of that in my basement that I don't have. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great idea.
0: No, you get it printed, <laughs> and you put them in a photo album. Well, you said
1: film, like, and I, I'm thinking like film on a, no, on a movie like. You know film reels. You know about yes, out. yes. Yeah. I know what you mean. That was the image that came to my head. <laughs> I'm doing my best. All right. Yeah. I don't claim to know a lot. All right. I'm doing my best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm 23. You gotta cut me some slack.
0: It, it is fun to kind of mess with her though. So everybody out yeah. there, is listening. Give her the business.
1: I was
2: reading. Uh, this is a couple of weeks ago. There was an article <laughs> on things that things that the current generation will never know. And there oh, were some really fun. interesting things there, like rewinding a tape. Yeah. Which you know, to you and me, that's just something that we had to do a lot. Be and kind. Rewind, Sophie. Have you ever used a cassette tape or VCR tape? Or- I'm familiar with
1: the concept of like when you get like a VHS tape from Blockbuster or whatever. Mm. It's it's nice to rewind it to the beginning before you give it back. Be so kind. I'm rewind. Familiar with that, yeah. but you have get I ever charged? If you didn't, yeah, I, I've never personally done it. I'm sure yeah. my parents did.
2: So you know, like there there are things that our generation dealt with, and and film was one of them. Like yeah. movies were made on film versus now where it's all digital. Like the the world changes. Like in my even. day. Back in, my day. Back in my day. That's right. We
0: have these ChatGPT enabled bullcrap.
2: <laughs> Your
1: Zoomers can never understand. <laughs> oh, we <Way> to draw <laughs> us in the sand with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and I've lost control. Okay. Well <laughs> we'll go ahead and take our Are you okay with taking a quick break so we can collect ourselves? Is that all right with you guys? Uh, I
0: gotta have my tapioca. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll give him a second. He's Yeah, he needs a moment. So we'll go ahead and take a quick break now that we've wrapped up this first half of the show. But don't worry, we'll be back shortly with more security news. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back for more TechNado. We know you've been waiting with bated breath, so we'll go ahead and jump right into our security news. It's my favorite part of the show, so let's get started. We're going to start with a, a favorite segment here on TechNado. It's called Who Got Pwned?
0: Looks like you're about to get pwned.
1: Fatality. Yeah! You know, fun fact: I've only seen like four episodes of South Park, and that's not one of them. So <laughs> I'm not actually familiar with the lore behind that statement. But anyway, moving on. That's not the point. Uh, this article comes to us from PC Mag. It says ransomware wipes out data access for majority of cloud providers' customers. So it was a company called Cloud Nordic, a Danish company, and it kind of sounds like they're they're pretty much they've given up. They're like, we think we're gonna we've lost most of our customers. We're not coming back from this. <laughs> so we're gonna start with real optimistic article here today.
2: All right, when when I read these articles, I always try and put myself in these people's shoes and man, this has just got to absolutely suck for them. So uh, basically they were a cloud hosting provider and you know,
0: you speak of them in the past. Well, (laughs)
2: let let me jump straight to what Sophie was mentioning. Like one of their, their directors. So an executive of the company said, and I quote, I don't expect that there will be any customers left with us when this is over. That seems dire. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, when, when we talk about the cloud, uh, there's, I saw a t-shirt once. It said, like, the cloud is just somebody else's computer, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's true, right? When you use the cloud, there, there's still a server somewhere that you are on, and Cloud Nordic was one of those companies that had those servers. And so if you use them to host your solutions, well, Cloud Nordic got hit by ransomware. And the ransomware not only fully encrypted all of their business systems, but also hit all of their hypervisor. So all of their virtualization hosts, all their colo servers, every, everything, just everything got hit. And it was so bad that apparently it got their backups and redundant data as well, because all they have been able to do is bring up brand new, fresh and clean systems. So empty email server, empty website and so on. They have lost literally everything. And, you know, uh, on one hand, like, boy, that I mean, that's gonna destroy that company, right? Um, that's just that's gonna happen., uh, but at the same time, if you're a cloud service provider, it seems like you should be taking the necessary precautions to protect your data. And so, I mean, I, I don't want to sound mean or or you know kick a kick somebody while they're down, but uh, there had to be some negligence here T- to to allow ransomware to go that wild. there had to be like, unpatched systems or, like, no security officer. There, there had to be something. So
0: what's interesting about says that the incident occurred on Friday when the company was physically moving some servers from one data center to another. They suspect that some of the servers it was moving contained a dormant malware infection. So they obviously already had the infection for some time.
2: And it was contained. And
0: for whatever reason, right, once they moved those servers into a new area, maybe it was a, like you said, like maybe it was a contained something, didn't have full access to you know, some sort of C2 beacon. And once it found itself in the right environment, it went, oh, now this is happening.
2: You know, I, I've seen where people move systems and uh, VLANs are improperly configured. Gotcha. And so now you have a host that ends up on the wrong VLAN. And yep. so maybe it ended up like on the management VLAN and then it was able it to was just like, go nuts. Pow. Yeah, because that yeah. is
0: just crazy. The fact that they were trying to bring some servers over physically. And that like, I, I've never heard of that happening where it was a physical move of a server that had dormant malware on it. Yeah. And and that does kind of raise some some questions about their security practices as far as like, well, what are you using for malware detection and EDR and A V and all that stuff? How was it not able to see a dormant like when we say when I hear the word dormant, I think this is like something that's hibernated for quite some time and it was unable to find this at at this point. What crazy and insane awesome malware were they using? Probably nothing great.
2: Yeah. 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 Now let's let's take this same scenario and apply it to Amazon, right? Ooh. So a, a lot of people use AWS and Never when, heard they, of them, Don. when they when <laughs> they back up their systems in AWS, right? So maybe you've got a, a a node running in EC2 or like an RDS or a relational database yeah. server that's up, uh, and it backs up, it backs up to S3, which is also in AWS. Yeah. Right so this is kind of a message to people saying If you don't already, you should probably look at storing your backups outside of the provider that's storing your your actual system. It's
0: kind of funny. We take our, our normal tried and true security practices, right? Where we do not store, or we have multiple areas in which we store backups. We typically have a digital backup of some kind that's probably on site. So it's easy redundancy. If something goes wrong, you can easily grab the file recreate it and you're off to the races but you typically also have some sort of off-site place where you take physical media that stores those things and move them away or you replicate off-site to some other place so that if one place turns into a smoldering crater you could spin up uh, something else in another spot yeah fairly simply we do this if we did the same thing here with our cloud environments probably wouldn't find yourself so hosed
2: you know i i can't remember did we talk about the three two one rule on the podcast i feel like we did i feel it. like we have before yeah refresh but my memory just just as a refresher the 3 one rule you should have three copies of your data right yep. one yep. in production and two backups and then the two backups should be on two different media right so they they shouldn't both be stored on like hard drives one should be on tape one hard drive or whatever but two different media and then one copy should be off-site somewhere else, yep. right? And preferably offline. And that, that's what's getting a lot of people is where their backup is an online backup. And so when ransomware hits and starts infecting machines, it's able to infect the backup as well. Like you need yep. an offline backup. I, I see that with Apple users uh, where they have Time Machine. Yeah. And so they've got a drive attached via USB or, or whatever. And if their system gets hit and infected... The backup's right there on an attached hard drive and Which is now encrypted. <laughs> right. And and you lose it. So you know, backing up to OneDrive or Google Drive or whatever, that's better because now it's it's remote and if that gets encrypted, you can just roll it right back again.
0: Now, Don, do you think that this in some way stems from our proclivity now to just lean everything on our cloud provider and just be like, our cloud provider is our our white knight, our savior, and they do everything for us and I've I've pushed all the risk off to them and that's kind of a pervasive idea or you know, what I, do you think's going on
2: here? I definitely do that. Uh do you really? oh yeah yeah so you know when I look at AWS yeah right here is a multi billion dollar international company that's providing hosting services they're able to hire the best talent in the world like the best sysadmins the best security officers the best the best of everything right cuz they yeah. They have a budget that eclipses anything that we do. How could we possibly do even a, a quarter as good a job as what they're doing? But, right? is,
0: but isn't it like it's not just them, though? You are involved in your own security as yep. well, right? Because if I store something in an S3 bucket, yeah, it's on Amazon's S3. And that shit is on lockdown, except for when I open up the permissions to the world yeah. and it yeah. has my API keys and stuff in it, right? So it's, mm. it's not just them. It's always the onus is on us in a lot of different ways and we have to kind of like map that out and go, well, if I were to allow malware in, I still need to be making backups and if it's in the same spot, you know, that's that's not a backup. Yeah. Right, that's yep. just more data that got encrypted. It needs to still be the old tried and true method of push it off, are we just getting, I don't wanna say lazy, or has this always been the problem? <laughs>
2: I think I'm getting lazy. Like I, I expect Amazon <laughs> yeah, Prime. Don, why are you so lazy, Don? <laughs> I had I had data loss, and Amazon said they'd give me my data back in two days or less. Uh, <laughs> that's like Amazon Free shipping. Prime guarantee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it it is like, the the dream of the cloud. Yeah. was that you wouldn't have to worry about this stuff anymore. And to an extent, you don't, right? Like, if I were to have the servers here in the building, am I going to put diesel gen- redundant diesel right. generators outside? No. Hell, if if the it, drives died.
0: You, you don't worry about that. That's not your problem anymore. Yep. And
2: and that stuff they absolutely deliver on. Right. But Daniel, you're totally right. Like we can undermine our own security and our own uh, availability and all that pretty easily inside of the cloud.
0: <laughs> I mean, if we're good at anything, Don, yeah. it's yeah. pissing all over our security. <laughs> <right>. <laughs>
2: and, and I guess that's really the, the crux with uh, Cloud Nordic here is that they effectively undermined their customer security the other way around, yeah, which right. is Obviously. not what we expect.
0: That's yeah. how you find yourself. Uh, selling all your servers to pay for the losses.
2: You know, I wondered about that. So there's no physical damage. Yeah. So they, they, they format everything. Do they just bring it up under a different company name, call it a day? They sure could. They could.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> going to have to go through legal, but if if they go bankrupt, what are you going to get from them? Oh, that's right. They're going to get sued. That'll right. all get, yeah, yeah, but that company gets sued. The new company, which is under a new board of directors and all, all that stuff like that, they're not the same.
2: They wouldn't be able to transfer assets, so the new company would have but the to. The new company would
0: buy those assets yeah. for a pittance,
2: probably. Yeah, probably. Mm.
1: And it was their sister company too. A A zero A zero. I'm pronouncing that. I wasn't going to mention a, that because I didn't know how to pronounce it. It's a Danish word for sure. But I. I Is that the, what happened?
2: Is that what they did? Azero. Oh, they no, they had
1: another company. There, there's a sister company that's yeah, owned yeah, yeah. by the same, same, uh, I guess, parent company and. Uh, they yeah, parent sister whatever. same thing. Anyway, yeah, the company family tree, and so they were uh, they suffered that same attack and had to post an identical notice. So unfortunately, it's not looking great for them either. So that's a bummer. Pray pray for our friends what, now, over what, on that side the, of the globe.
0: Wasn't the ransom really not that much money though?
1: It was six Bitcoin, so it was uh, like a little over a little over, 100 little over 150K. 157 Yeah. yeah. So, but they're refusing to pay, which is what they say, don't negotiate with terrorists. So, so if, they're doing the right thing, right? If,
0: I, if I'm if i the hacker out there and I st- I swiped your data off of, what's the name of this company? Or what was the name of the company? <laughs> Cloud Nordic. Nordic. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Cloud Nordic throws me double birds and says, I ain't paying you nothing. I'd rather go under. I go, cool. I probably got your client list. I'll just approach them and say, do they want their data back? Because you're not going to deliver it.
2: Yeah. Right? Well, it depends on if they were able to exfiltrate it or not.
0: Oh, that's true. But yeah, a lot of times they, they are. It
1: does say they don't appear to have removed it from the company's servers, but that doesn't mean they can't. Yeah. Maybe it just means they haven't.
0: Things appear like, yeah, a lot of things true. all that's the time, true. and then we come we to don't find think, out later
1: yeah. appearances were deceiving. This will be on <laughs> News segment in a couple weeks. Like, yeah. By the way, this is worse than we thought.
2: I wonder sometimes if the ransomware guys get surprised like, you know, we expect the ransomware to hit machines, we yeah. expect to get a little data, and, and then they're like, holy crap, there's so much data here, we can't possibly <laughs> exfiltrate all that. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the move it people, I bet, were like,
2: oh, hell yes!
1: We don't even care if you pay us the we're ransom like, anymore. I don't know are we? what to do with all <laughs> this! <Yeah. laughs> well, yeah. I, d- I don't mean to make light of their situation. I'm sure that, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, so... We hope that we hope things turn out okay for just the people over think at I Nordic. think of the scene
0: Nordic. from True Lies, where Tom Arnold is la- the guy is a damned used car salesman. I mean, this just keeps getting funnier and funnier. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was yeah. I don't want that's to be insensitive, yeah. It's, but yeah, it, that's unfortunate. Hopefully, hopefully the folks that work over there come come out okay. Yeah, but we'll go ahead and move on to something that's hopefully a little bit less depressing. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move into our next segment. This one's called Behind Bars.
0: The law and you'll go to jail
1: so this is from this comes from the hacker news lapsus is that what it's pronounced lapsus yeah. lapsus yeah sus okay <laughs> uh two lapsus hackers convicted in london court for high profile tech firm hacks so it's two teenagers uh and this actually the crime itself happened several years ago right and so they're just not being convicted when when did this happen i missed that i missed back the in date. 2021 2021 so it's a couple years ago uh and a big part of the story was sim swapping, which I did not think was as big of an issue. anymore. What's oh,
2: kind of a thing? Yeah, kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this was a, a couple of teenagers at the time. Uh, in fact, one of them is still, I think under eighteen, He's they Reiner, haven't disclosed a yeah. name. Yeah. So uh, uh, a couple of teenagers that were bored and were breaking into high profile companies, uh, really sophisticated stuff. They had their their technique down on like doing social engineering to get in to the telecommunications companies to be able to do SIM swaps. And they would target people at various companies. Uh, They would do, you know, where they would, they would send like emergency disclosure notices to people saying like, you know, there's something going on with your account. You've got to validate and people would click it and provide details. They would then use that to social engineer a SIM swap, get their phone SIM card moved over to a new phone. And then they would be able to get around MFA credentials Mm -hmm. to, to log in. So a lot of work. But, uh, but this story is just fraught yeah, and, with all sorts of craziness. And, and
0: when you look at the laundry list of like, when you say high-profile companies, they actually name some of them in in this article, which are uh, British Telecom, EE, Globent, LG, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Okta, Samsung, Ubisoft, and Vodafone.
2: Yep. Now, when you hear yeah. that and you think about these companies, those are massive companies, yeah. right? Well, well I'm going to go back to what we were talking about just a minute ago. Yeah. These are massive companies. Who can do security better, right? <laughs> But obviously no one. Died. <laughs> this is a couple of teenagers and it gets worse. This article doesn't mention it, but there was they another article. They didn't even
0: have security certs. <laughs> well,
2: one of the guys, uh his name was uh oh shoot, what was it? uh Kurtage, Kurtaj, K U R T A J. So, uh he was one of the first ones arrested and I guess they his his uh, companions thought he was going to turn on them, which he did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know that's coming. And so they doxed him, right? They, they put out his public information out there. And so they had to protect him. They put him into like prof- protective custody in, in a hotel. And he was not allowed to have internet access. And apparently he got a hold of an Amazon Fire Stick. Not and enough. he hacked into Rockstar Games to gain access to the Grand Theft Auto s- five or six... Whatever the one that's not out yet, yeah. Uh, this, uh, Grand six. Theft Auto Six. I have I confirmed uh, Christian in my my ear. Thank you. Uh, Getting <laughs> <Well, laughs> reports. Yes, it is so the, six. <laughs> so this is important. We got to be factual. Um, So they were they were able to like do this from a fire stick, and it. It does make you question what kind of security Rockstar Games have. <laughs> That's all you need tooling-wise.
0: That is pretty crazy. Yeah. I think you could use a Fire Stick to gain access to a company as large as Rockstar Games. They're, it's
1: insane. They're too busy working on the L.A. Noire sequel. They don't have time for security. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah. They got other things on their plate.
0: Listen, what do you think? We're going to spend money on damned people looking for... No, we got video games to build, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is priority.
1: If, he, if they can access our stuff from a Fire Stick, they deserve it. You know,
2: there is some truth to that, though, Daniel. Like, it, it, remember in the old days, if yeah. you were a video game company, you made video games, you didn't think about security. If you were a yeah. construction company, you built houses, you didn't think about IT security. But but today, everybody has right. to worry about IT There's security. There's no getting around it. Yeah.
0: It's like, and it's and it's really hard to do, obviously. Obviously. Like, because
2: we read articles every
0: week about how so-and-so hacked into such-and-such using a pencil. <laughs> how did you do this? <laughs> They wrote a note that said, "Give me your password," and somebody wrote their
1: password on it. So the fact that he was able to to get into Rockstar Games is you know if he was able to bypass their security through a Fire Stick, would you say that's kind of sus? <laughs> would you describe it that way? <laughs> I'm turning the tables we
0: on would you. Leaning so in say into this that one, I would describe it that way. You would not. I okay. I would use the full term. Suspect. Suspect.
1: Okay. Well, yes. good. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to turn <laughs> you the tables on, the on you hand. for a second. <laughs> I'm just sus. You are very sus. I'm just sus. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, so this one, I think, definitely demonstrates they had an amazing talent at social engineering. They were very effective at that. Uh, and also that sim swapping, while while we recognize it's not an easy thing to do, it's usually very, very targeted. It is possible. And that's exactly how they were able to pull off some of these attacks.
0: Yeah. And there was another really cool part of this article that I thought was um, good for us to kind of tease out and and bring it to light is the fact that they uh, use IABs, which are initial access brokers. Mm. Now this is a very interesting thing that if it's not on your security radar yet it should be. So IABs are the idea that I don't actually have to break in to your system. I can just rent somebody who already has. And I can say, hey, I need access to Rockstar Games or whoever, right? I can put it out there on the dark web that I'm looking for anybody that has access to those things and they go, ah, uh, right here, sir. I have I have credentials to that. Thank you. I need those credentials for however long time for initial access and then money changes hands and that's how that goes. So there are, there are hackers out there that they specialize in gaining access and selling that access for other people specifically and usually ransomware uh, groups to give them initial access into their targets. <laughs>
2: Uh, I, I had not heard of IABs, and when you mentioned it, it my mind went a totally different place. <laughs> uh, do you remember Rush Limbaugh? Yes, yes, and I had to think through this because he had the EIB network, the Excellence in Broadcasting network, oh, uh, and so when you said IAB, I was like, Rush Limbaugh was <laughs> involved. <going>, Where's <laughs> he going with this? <laughs> Limbaugh from the grave is hacking, <laughs> is hacking into. The- <laughs> but- Yeah, well, um, you know, to the DNC (laughs) before the podcast, Daniel showed me a FBI notice where they put out a warning to people, letting them know, like, hey, swim swapping is a real thing. It's something we need to be aware of. You need to take precautions. Uh, And so they put out a notice. And so fortunately, we can report that this is is no longer an issue, right? There's a there's an FBI (laughs) notice. So it's been solved. Uh, well, it's, about <laughs> time. it's about
0: time. Glad we did something about this, son. Yep. Uh, when was that notice from again?
2: Uh like 2020. 2022, If yeah, I'm not mistaken, we
0: go. yeah. Well,
1: it's been a whole year, year and a half. Well, yeah, give me a break. I kind of like
0: to use the government as kind of a um a, a thermometer of the temperature of what's going on in security. If they know about it and are telling you how to protect from it, it's old.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You're. It's, it's too been late a for thing.
0: you. Yeah. You should already have protections against this. If you need the FBI to tell you that this is a problem and you should look out for it and here's what you can do, that ship has sailed. Yeah. You should probably start looking for compromise at that point.
2: <laughs> now, with SIM swapping, though, this is another trust, right? Like cloud thing. Because if I'm worried about SIM swapping, the only thing I can do is like close my phone account, <laughs> right? Because I trust <laughs> so my phone not, provider. Not
0: necessarily. Because with SIM swapping, a lot of things that are done to make SIM swapping effective Is a lot of open source intelligence on their target. I start learning about you and all your social. The problem is is that we as a society tend to put everything about our lives online. Where I went to school, what's my alma mater, Mm. who's my mom and dad? In our Instagram bio. It's it's all all there, there, right? So I just gotta look that stuff up and then I, as the attacker, contact your mobile provider, basically impersonate you to the extent that they think that I'm you and say, I lost my phone, I damaged my SIM. I had to go and buy a new phone, and a new SIM, and now I need to transfer to the new phone. Can you help me? Well, my job is to be helpful. How can I help? Just no, do they never transfer. say that. This story
2: is false. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what do you want? <laughs> Jeez, I guess. <laughs> That's more along the lines of
0: your customer go. service representative, right? And then they, they transfer it over, and now they have access to it. So one of the big things you can do is stop putting your entire life online. Step two is going to be don't use SMS as your 2 FA. Oh yeah. Right? Just use your authenticator Use app. an authenticator, yeah. but even more secure would be something like a Fido token, right? A, mm. a YubiKey key or something to that effect. Because they're they're not they're not copying that. Right? You either got it or you don't, and that's what it's gonna take. A lot of them will do um uh, what's it called, where they're like blasting you, they're they're brute like brute forcing you to click that, hey, is this you that's trying to log in from a different device? They'll do it in the middle of the night while you're mm. sleeping and just your phone's going off, off, and off, and off. When you're sleeping, turn your phone off, at least notifications. And then you're going to worry about getting harassed while you're trying to sleep. When you sleep, you wake up, you're groggy. What is all this? Fun? Oh, yeah, I guess my I guess my Google account got locked out or, or logged out and it's trying to log back in. Let me just hit OK so this will shut up. I can go back to sleep. This is how they do this.
2: Yeah. So,
1: Life lessons with Daniel. Yeah.
2: Yep. Thank you for so, uh, sim swapping, the threat is real. The threat is, threat real. is real. Oh, I, I feel What very... about Israel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel very, very educated and informed because, yeah. like I said, I I didn't think this was still an issue. So, it's good to know that it is. But I guess we'll probably be done talking about that for now. There's no way we're going to continue this conversation. So, we'll go ahead and move on to our next article. This is part of my personal favorite segment. It's called DO! Yo, Rainy Latino so dope! Not my best work. I lied. We're going to keep talking about SIM swapping. This article also comes to us from the Hacker News. It says, Kroll suffers data breach. Employee falls victim to SIM swapping attack. So it is very much a real problem. It's a good thing the FBI put out that notice, because otherwise, I mean, this guy wouldn't have known. Now he knows. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's got no excuse at this point. Yeah. So- on on August 19th, literally days ago... 1997, uh, it's going to feel you know, pretty
0: <laughs> flipping real to you, too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we have a SIM swapping account that happened with T-Mobile, right? So not some, like, fly-by-night cell provider. T-Mobile is one of the largest cell providers in the... Or mobile providers in the world. Uh, and they fell victim to this, right? Where attackers were able to socially engineer an employee at T-Mobile... To gain access to their account, to then be able to go and perform a SIM swap, that led to a compromise against Kroll. Now, uh, I, I I don't know what Kroll does because every time I hear it, I immediately think Kroll, the movie <laughs> the from movie, the '80s yeah. with the cool like spiral blade thing that he would throw. Oh, that's uh, right! I
0: forgot about that. It was thing. like the, That's right. It was the
2: when you were at the blockbuster store. It was the coolest VHS cassette. Right. It, you it was, could not miss
0: it. It was everywhere. <laughs>
2: But, uh, but yeah, so you know, sim swapping, not only is it, it, it possible, like it, it's a very active exploit that's happening today, and, and it is almost always targeted, a targeted attack against a high-profile person. So if you're a low-profile person, you might say, well, this isn't going to affect me. But these things tend to only get worse, right? And they're getting more and more sophisticated. And uh, once the attackers have a method, like a proven method of being able to do a sim swap, they then just start targeting more and more people. So this becomes a more and more prevalent attack.
0: Got to love it, Don. We got two in a row right here all about the SIM swap. So it's obviously if you're a high profile target or if you have access to something that somebody would want, like, I don't know, proprietary information, um, access into the computer systems, which would let, allow them to, uh, you know, install malware, lock it up and then go, I'd like some money, please then you need to be on the lookout. Do not just answer or you, you, I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to be diligent. This is all about a diligence things when it comes to these SIM swapping attacks. We got two articles right here showing us how effective they can be, yeah. how devastating they can be to your company or just you personally. I mean, you could just be the target of some lower level. Like obviously lapses isn't going after you know myself or Sophia or Don, maybe Don. <laughs> yeah. right, you you already got well, a little a more fish. access than we yeah. do.
2: <laughs> but, you know, think about what these attackers are going after, right? So yeah. in the case of Kroll, they're financial advisors, and the attackers, once they gained access to the account, they targeted other accounts for, uh, for people that work for BlockFi, FTX, mm. and Genesis. They were going after Bitcoin. They want that right? money. Uh, and I can, I can say in all honesty that I have zero Bitcoin. Duh.
0: No, I thought although, you have one Bitcoin. On a drive, oh, that, I, that, that, that you I forgot threw away that? a long time yeah. ago.
2: Yeah, so that one, that one's gone. So I don't have that. Yeah. So I have, I have zero Bitcoin. I do have, and, and this is a true story, thirty-four Dogecoin. Do you really? So if you. You, uh, if you if <laughs> you want some some Dogecoin, then yeah, some swap might me yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. get it. John uh. <laughs> <laughs> is this an open <laughs> invitation to
0: attack you for <laughs> to, to get my Doge. Dogecoin? <laughs> yeah, it's like I think
2: it's worth a dollar seventy-four or Ooh. something. So total, get all, something out all thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know they're they're going after people. If you think about it, these big Bitcoin heists where it's yeah. millions and millions of dollars—that's who they're targeting. I, I'm not saying ignore this, right? Because it's it's a real threat, and we got to be careful with it. But uh, but they are typically going after Bitcoin. Well. Everybody likes a Bitcoin, Sophia.
1: The article mentions that this this was days after there was a separate attack that happened. Uh, Bart Simpson, or, uh Stevens, mm-hmm. the co-founder of Blockchain Capital, filed a lawsuit against an anonymous hacker who stole six point three million worth of crypto in an alleged SIM swap attack. So you're right. I mean, that's literally it's it's just a couple couple lines later in that article. Man, if I got millions of dollars later. in
0: Bitcoin, I'm 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 pulling out new phones, right? I'm yeah. I'm gonna have a yeah. whole <laughs> bevy of phones that I'm diversifying. My access. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might
2: as well. Uh, I have to report that I understated my wealth uh, really? and that my Dogecoin is currently worth $2.29. Boy, so you've doubled almost. Significantly Eight higher than that uh, previously reported. That's right. Our, our <laughs> director,
1: Christian, just told me that, uh, true story, he once had 700,000 Dogecoin at one point, and it was worth, in total, $14 at that time. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> So Christian had a piece of history.
0: Dogecoin was built as a meme. Yes.
1: Doge is a meme. It's that Shiba Inu dog. So hacky, very wow. That dog.
2: And it was valueless until Elon Musk uh, referenced it a few times and I think bought some. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then it went up a little bit and clearly.
2: Old Elon.
1: Clearly it's doing great. It's obviously doing very well. But yeah, I mean, uh, I guess sim swapping is more of a problem than I really thought it was. Mm.
2: It is. The threat is real.
1: The threat is real. Well, okay. I I think maybe we've talked about sim swapping enough for one day, unless you guys would like to elaborate some more. We we know now that it's a threat, and you can stay vigilant. Just keep an eye on the FBI's uh, websites for any updates (laughs) they might release on that, just in case there's some updates. But before we go, I did want to remind y'all that Technado is sponsored by ACI Learning, the folks behind IT Pro. Let me get those words in the right order. So if you're listening from the Technado website, you can look for that sponsored by button. Click on that and that'll take you to the IT Pro website. If you want to support the podcast, check out those courses because that's what we do in our day job. You can use the promo code Technado30 to get a discount on that IT Pro membership. I also want to mention you can check out ACI Learning's webinars and live on social events. We've got one coming up actually next week, I believe, with uh, Mr. Daniel Lowry and John Hammond and myself. That's all things cybersecurity, and that's always a super fun one. So tune in for that. That's going to be next week on Thursday. You'll definitely want to watch. You won't want to miss. But if you do miss, you can always watch on YouTube. It's fine. Uh, And coming up fast is Wild West Hack and Fest. So we'll have more details on that as we get closer. But that's going to be in Deadwood, South Dakota, right, in October. I will be there. Daniel will be there. Some of the other folks from ACI Learning will be there. I'm very excited, Daniel. Are you excited? Oh,
0: I'm super excited. I love Wild West Hack It is the highlight of my cybersecurity
2: year.
1: Yeah.
0: So I look forward to getting out there.
1: Don, are you excited by association? I, I am. You know,
2: I, I was going to go originally. I was pretty excited about it, but I'm, I'm going to be staying back this time. Uh, I so I uh, I'm going to miss out. But I really hate you. but it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a it's a, it is a lot of fun. Yep. And and there's just great people there. It's it's. In, in my opinion, it's the most approachable of the cybersecurity conferences. Yeah,
0: and they have something for everybody. That's what I, that's one of the things I really enjoy about it is if you know nothing about cybersecurity, but you're interested in it, and you kind of want to get a temperature of the room, well, what's it like to be in that? Rub some elbows with people that are pen testers, SOC analysts, you name it, CISOs. Everybody in the cybersecurity sphere, uh, they show up to this thing, and it's a lot of fun. There's a couple of good vendors that are going to be there. There's going to be great talks And you learn so much from going there and just having conversations with people, listening to great talks, and then having conversations about those talks, maybe play around with the CTF, go to a couple of campfire uh, talks as well, which are smaller, more intimate kind of things. Tons of fun things to do. And just, it was just really cool. Bunch of casinos. And it's just like this old mountain town. If if you want to have fun doing cybersecurity, you got to show up for Wild West Hacking Fest. So that's why I look forward to it every year.
1: Plus, it'll be below ninety degrees, which is great for us because yeah. we're dying out here. It might, <laughs> it might
0: snow a little bit. Really? Yeah,
1: that's that's gonna be the best part of the whole thing either. for me. I'm, I yeah. mean, I mean, obviously the learning experience and everything, it'll be good to meet people. But snow? Yeah, I don't think I've seen snow since I was like five, so that'll be exciting. Anyway, uh-huh. I'm sorry, we got what off was that, track. Last year? That yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I brought that on myself. You this did. Is you walked right get. into it. Yeah. This is what yeah. I get for trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that is coming up fast. It seems like it's a ways out, but it's in October and, and that's going to be here before we know it. So like I said, we'll have more details to come as we get closer to that date. But I think that's going to do it for me unless you guys have any more insults you want to hurl at me. We'll save them for after the show. that kind of time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You're right. We're running a little behind. So thanks for that, guys. And thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Technato. We'll see you next time.